hello, and thank you for joining us on another episode of Why Theory. As always, I am your host, Ryan Engley, joined as always by co-host Todd McGowan. Todd, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, Ryan. How you doing today? I am doing well. What are we talking about today? I think we're going to talk about aesthetics and psychoanalysis, or psychoanalysis and aesthetics. I think we or psychoanalytic aesthetics. Yes. Psychoanalytic <laughs> aesthetics. There you go. <laughs> Another way. way of putting it. It's an interesting, it's an interesting uh, topic. I was just doing... Um, I mean, we, we went through, you know, we do our, our episode prep and we went through what we we're going to talk about. And in looking through um, how, like, there seems to be, like, a lot of things that could be uh, that could be said here. Like, this seems like really, like, fertile ground for stuff. And there's um, not a ton recent uh, recent recently written right, stuff. Right, right. I think not. I think not. And uh, so it, it's, um, and it's interesting because aesthetics is uh, a pretty big, I want to say, uh, well, who who inaugurates I, I, in work in like contemporary theory like concerns of aesthetics? Because obviously we go. I mean, Hegel has like lectures on on aesthetics, and then like we you know going back to Kant and aesthetic judgment, like and yeah, for uh, sure. He, I mean, Schiller led his lectures on aesthetic education. I mean, I think yeah, I think aesthetics for German idealism was a big in modernity. I mean, they're the main ones that are concerned with aesthetics. But you know, Burke in Britain is. Um, writing about the sublime. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think, you know, I think questions of aesthetics are, but I, in, in the content, in the modern world, I feel like Adorno would be a main figure. Yeah. Thinking right. About that aesthetics. was what I was thinking. Yeah. And Adorno yeah. thinking about how, beca- and I think the people that like aesthetics mm-hmm. tend to like aesthetics because it defies universality, right? Like mm-hmm. it, I think that's where Adorno and people like, Roland Barthes and mm-hmm, Benjamin mm-hmm. and and maybe not Benjamin as much as because I think he's not as allergic to the universal but um mm. but Derrida I think when they're thinking about aesthetics they're really thinking about what doesn't can't be universalized we're going to take our start you mentioned the sublime right. and we're going to talk about sublimation because I think yeah, like that it, that suggests itself as a starting point for it for, does it really I think it, yeah yeah it really does it really suggests that like that's the one point at which psychoanalysis wants to talk about how the beautiful or the sublime emerges, right? Like it, mm-hmm, that it because mm-hmm. that that's takes, the that's the question. I'm sorry to interrupt, and we've been doing yeah. this now for like for like three minutes, but like mm-hmm. the the that's kind of the interesting question as we always when we try to do these psychoanalysis and uh, episodes, it's like what suggests itself almost. Uh, I mean, naturally is probably the wrong word, but what in psychoanalysis suggests itself as already aesthetic not like this is a concept in psychoanalysis and then there's a history of aesthetics and i'm going to apply this idea to it which tends to be like that like you know you'll see that out there in academic criticism or even popular criticism but just what in psychoanalysis itself suggests itself already as kind of a a theory of of aesthetic or has an aesthetic um i don't know valence to it and i think that's what we're gonna try to get into Right, and I think that's why we both thought sublimation is the point at which we should take as our point of departure because there's something inherent about sublimation, which for Freud, like, okay, it's interesting, Freud's definition. So we'll start with the classical definition by Freud, Mm -hmm. even though it's maybe he already thinks what Lacan thinks. But (laughs) maybe. But I think the way people understand what Freud said Mm -hmm. is that sublimation takes the sexual impulse and manifests it in the work of art, right? In, right. in this other other realm. It could be work too, I guess, mm-hmm. but it's. It, I think we're thinking of it, sublimation, in terms of the work of art. So rather than 
have sex with a bunch of partners. Da Vinci creates a great work of art. And rather mm-hmm. than go to an orgy, we go watch, go look at the Mona Lisa and see this orgy <laughs> of people surrounding it and then sure, get sure. off on how beautiful the Mona Lisa is. Mm-hmm. Right? Like that, uh, it's really hard to get off on the Mona Lisa anymore <laughs> because it's really a striking thing, all these people taking pictures. It's like a, it's this one room of, I don't know, have you been there? I have not, no. Okay, no. it's like it's crazy. It's not worth going to, but it's this one room, <laughs> and there's there must be 400 people in this room that, that should only hold 100 at the most, and they're just right. packed together, and they're all trying to reach up their camera to take the picture of this little teeny painting. Uh, <laughs> so it's, it it's would be disappointing if not for the sublime effect of all these people trying to, so trying to take the photo. That's really interesting, and, like, that's very, you know, you talk about... Uh, a wolfman and what does uh like you, you know lacan emphasized that freud's thing from wolfman is that like the whole the dream it, it takes place in a frame right, right. so it's right, like right. so so the actual it, it's really interesting that that the the uh value aesthetic value if you like of that situation is that it's a smaller room but it's packed and so that right. gives uh, the, like the like maybe maybe you, you so someone argued that gives the worth to the object, but it's right. You know, you right pull, now, I you think pull back and it's the frame. I think would be the the psychoanalytic take there. It's yeah, the, that's the, a really the, good the point. That, yeah, that the frame is like there's a way in which the frame or the form, like frame and mm-hmm. form, they're they're kind of they're similar, related. Maybe they're not exactly the same, but that the frame and the form is what gives the work of art its its value and and this the act of sublimate. So for Freud. Sublimation is basically a transfer from one region to another mm-hmm. and, and, and a way of, he thinks when you're sublimating, you're still having all the same thrill or the same, you have the same amount of passion that you would have in the, in the originary act, mm-hmm. but you have mm-hmm. it in this other realm, right? Right. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I think that's popularly understood. There was this really yeah. funny years ago, um, I'm sure people have done other stuff like this, but uh, when... Um, like online dating started to become like, uh, <clears throat> like generally like accepted and understood, and like everyone was doing it. There was this very funny OK Cupid profile from this guy, um, and his name was "I am not a murderer." That was his. It was in all caps. I am not a murderer, <laughs> yeah. and it was some picture. I, I I doubt it was the person who made it, but it was some picture of yeah. a heavily bearded person, and yeah. in his like, what what are his likes and dislikes? And his likes, he likes sublimating his baser desires was like one of the things. And I and perfect I perfect Freudian or, or like popular Freudian understanding of the exactly that is exactly right. Yeah. And then the whole thing was like, what are like objects he likes? Um, his knife, you know, for cooking. And it was all like the the joke was just that like you know that he was the, an axe murderer, right? That's that's obviously right, it. Right. But um, but yeah, yeah, that's the the uh, like to to even. That's the whole point. To even arise in something like that means that there's this popular understanding of uh, of Freud, and yes, that's right. That's this sublimating baser desire through something else. Pretty good. That sub yeah. that that sublimation is the relation between the baser desire and this other thing. We're talking about aesthetic experience, so for us today, the other thing is the work of art, right? Right, right. But it doesn't have to be. I mean, Freud thought he sublimated through work or whatever, so it, mm-hmm, it, it can mm-hmm. be anything else. But then look, should we go to Lacan? Because I think Lacan's thing is more interesting, and then it kind of. Opens up all these. Opens other, up the yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, he no, says in seminar seven. So it's interesting because it, this is tied to his notion of das Ding, and maybe this would cha- will change when he starts to talk about objet. But anyway, here's what he mm-hmm. says. He mm-hmm. says, 
sublimation raises an ordinary object to the dignity of dusting. Right. 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 So that's the classic Lacanian mm-hmm. definition. And so there you're like, wait a minute, where's all the mention of sex? Or, but, his, <laughs> but what's interesting is for, for Lacan, it's almost like sublimation isn't what we do to get out of sex. Sublimation is a preface to sexual activity. Right. right, like you, right. Before you can even have sex with someone, you have to, we're surrounded by all these stupid ordinary objects and you have to elevate one of them to the status of dusting in order to have any kind of desire for it at all. So if you don't have, if there's not something that has, you've sublimated in the world Mm -hmm. that you see, then you're not going to be a sexually desiring being. I think that's what he thinks. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting. It's, it's so, I, I think I find it so, so interesting because in, in a way it's, it's like, um, it's just such a nice intensification of, of Freud's point, I think, that right. Um, right. where it's it, it kind of um, it kind of reverses the uh, the trajectory where for Freud, I think you could see is there's some desire and then it goes out. It's for Lacan. It's there's the object and that tells you about something inward. So there's right. a there's a like so there's a reversal of that. Like so it's not that um, you want to you know, you want to have a an orgy and you go to a bunch of people to see the Mona Lisa, like just to continue to use that, that example, it like, it reverses it. And it's like, Oh, you have elevated the Mona Lisa to the status of having that, uh, that, that, that orgy. So it doesn't, I think with, with Freud, it's easy to say like, Oh, the object replaces. And then it's that really important Lacanian word. No, the object is raised. And so that's, 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 that's different. So like, you know, and he says, "What, what seminar is it? Is it, is it it's eleven seven or seven? No, yeah. no, no. There's another one where he, when he says that he's talking, so he's he's not fucking. But oh, that's seminar eleven. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. he can have the same. You know, and yeah. I've said this on other podcasts before that, like intercourse. You know, and no one uses that word to mean conversation, but it does literally mean that intercourse. It literally also. means that. You're right. yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and so so that's the that's the thing. Like you talk and you elevate it to the status of that. It's not replacing it. It's elevated to that status. I think that's. That's the cons point. Like that's that sort of like that twist on the Freudian yeah, formula. Yeah, no, I think that's really good, Ryan. I think it's really good. So, so that I mean, those are the two competing ideas, and it's nice to. I mean, I think the Lacanian thing. You can think about how all the time we're thinking about art by raising things up. Like we we take this ordinary object. I mean, that's kind of what the artist does is sublimate, right? They take yeah. an ordinary yeah. object and they raise it up to the dignity of dusting. But I want to cut come back to a term that you used by framing it in a certain mm. way or by creating mm-hmm. a form around it in a certain right. way. And there's a limitation, that, like we said in the previous podcast. Right, they have to have this limitation. Yeah. They create the form and then that when they sublimate it in that way, other people see a sublime ob- a sublime value in it as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Because mm-hmm. they have themselves the artist has sublimated it and then created a form around it or, or framed it. And then it becomes this object that everybody else can see has this aesthetic value that they can partake in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's how it works. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And, and so that would be, so this would be the, like, uh, the, the gener the generating point, uh, for, for yeah. psychoanalytic aesthetics, because it, it, it nicely, um, it tells you something about artist and audience, right. And, yeah. and object. So you have that yeah. classic triangle, um, you know, right of the, of the text author audience, audience like all right. all implicated in this uh, in the same right. 
I don't know. I don't want to say a web of of sublimation, but just like they're 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 all uh, they're all a part of it, and it's it's different. I think this is the important thing. Like how how does a how do you, how can something strike someone without knowing what the author meant? Right? Is it's that we're all taking part in this in in sublimation, and right, it's, exactly, and because it came from that place that's how it's legible as uh, as art and it doesn't and then you know we'll, we'll probably get into later like you know uh narrative and narratives around object afterwards but that's the most important point is that I, I i think this is what psychoanalysis would argue is that because the work of art itself comes from this place of uh of a place of lack and a place of uh and and this uh, sub sub uh, place of sublimation. That's how there can even be an audience for it at all. Is because we're you know we're 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 all sharing in the same psychical phenomena, right? And it speaks to the that the, what what the what the artist has made sublime mm-hmm. speaks to something that the art that the audience also finds. They they find their own sort of the touch of sublimity in the same thing, right? And that's why right. mm-hmm. I like that idea that you have of the triangle of all the three working together. I think that mm. has to be true. And that and that the the audience or spectator looks at the work of art and says, "Oh, there's something in that work of art of value mm. that I recognize." Like there's some, and I think to me that's the other term I would want to add to what we're talking about with this idea of sublimation that sublimation is I think in some way the psychoanalytic theory of value. And I right. think I want to contrast it with and I think it almost could be replacing hmm. the Marxist labor theory. I mean, the labor theory of value comes from Adam Smith and Ricardo, right? But mm-hmm. Marx takes it up and thinks it's labor. Like the only things that have value for us are things that have been labored on, right? And, mm-hmm. and we can determine the value of something by the, the quantity of labor put into it. And I think the psychoanalytic theory is know that the what, there is this actually Herculean effort of mm-hmm. sublimation mm-hmm. that then creates values for that evel- elevates ordinary objects to the dignity of dusting that, that creates values for us and sublimation maybe we could think of it you can even put dusting out of it like maybe sublimation is just the creation of a value mm-hmm. and it's like through the work of art through what and and that, that, that through that value that people are drawn to that value that people and that's maybe what pe- you know maybe all these people going I made a joke about people going in to see the Mona Lisa but I mean if it really is a value and not just this kind of cultural aura we can talk right. about between this yeah mm-hmm. around it um, if it really is a value then maybe it makes sense that all these people are lining right. up to, to partake in it yeah well that's it's it's funny I mean like the I mean isn't the so this is where, I mean, maybe we jump too far ahead, but like, this is where the, it's not the object, but the narrative around the object is like, well, you know, it's a little bit like Citizen Kane, isn't it? At this point, like in 2019, where, um, you know, so anyway, I don't want to, I don't want to have No, Citizen Kane's a good one. Let's just stick with Citizen Kane. Cause I'd like to, yeah, think, think that through. Like, like Citizen Kane certainly has this aura around it. Like, oh, it's the greatest. Greatest film of all time. Right. But it does. It has that because mm-hmm. it has this sublime. Like Wells created this thing of he he through this absolute act of creation, created this sublime 
he created a kind of value. He created a value, and then and then people were drawn to that value. And and I think it's not a. Va- I think the fact that it's not a capitalist value is clear. And the fact that RKO was not very happy about it. <laughs> no, they were not. And yeah, tried right, to right. suppress it, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and threw Wells off of his contract after the, making the film. So I think it's not a value in the capitalist sense. Mm-hmm. That the value that art or the value that, that sublimation creates is not a capitalist value. Although I think, I don't know, I think capitalism can use sublimation. On the other hand, yeah, right? yeah. Well, I mean, I think that that's where maybe it makes more sense to move toward uh, Kane and, yeah. and away from Mona Lisa because Mona Lisa, yeah. you, you know, you know why people line up for it? It was stolen, you know, right? Like, right. like that, like you know, and that, that's a, that's a really, really important part of it. That of, adds of, to the value. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like it, it's part of the it's part of the narrative. It's why it's in the room that it's in. You know, <laughs> like but it can only be Ryan, yeah. right? Okay, yeah. but it can only be stolen because it's. It right, of course, because it had a value. value to begin with. Yeah, 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 of course, of course. And then when we get it back, it's like it's almost like the. Um, it's it's funny is that uh, so have you ever been to the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum in Boston? I have not. No. no, no. Okay, there's an it's a, it's a great museum uh, because it's it's weird, and in that there were there's a high profile art theft that happened there. I'm not sure when, maybe I'm just going to say seventies or eighties. I'm probably wrong. Um, and paintings never recovered, but there's a thing. Isabella Stewart Gardner put a provision in her will that the, for her, how she lived in this place, like for it to be open to the public, it had to remain exactly the same. So these paintings that were stolen, that were, you know, cut out of the frame, the frames are still there. They didn't replace it with anything. It's just the frame. Yeah. And cool. I think, I mean, that's just like, there, there's few, uh, I think there are few better, like, like psychoanalytic, <laughs> like museums, right. Of, of this premise of like the frame. So now, cause it's, it's stolen. The frame is actually the only present object and it is making you aware of the lot because if they if they replaced the, these paintings like they're Rembrandts that were stolen right and if yeah. they replaced the Rembrandt with something else like another Dutch master from the same period and then had a card next to it that was like this is taking the place of the yeah. Rem- it's not the same effect it's absolutely right. not the same thing yeah, you nice. have you've replaced it you have sublimated in that Freudian sense but here what we have is the frame that is elevated right to the uh, to the dignity of Dasting. It, it occupies right. that it occupies that place, and by highlighting and foregrounding that that absence in a way that like yes, that surrounds the value of the Mona Lisa, but it's not it's 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 not the same thing. It doesn't do the same work. No, it doesn't. Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, yeah, it's fascinating the way that value, like that the way sublimation can create value, even and I think that's what like that's what's that's what's hinted at by the frame showing what's missing. Like it's showing Mm -hmm. the way in which the act of sublimation created a value that then is like the, it's like they're showing you the value missing. That's what they're showing. Mm -hmm. Oh, which, sorry, this was the point I wanted to make about Kane is that I think it, it had to not have won the Oscar. If it had won the Oscar instead of how green was my Valley. um, Right. I don't know that it'd be talked about the same way today. Right. I think there's something really to that. And I think there's something to, Maybe all the great directors that we think of directors of the sublime, right? Yeah. Like they they almost all never win. You know? <laughs> like right, right. Wells doesn't win, Kubrick doesn't win, Spike Lee doesn't win, Michael Mann doesn't win, David Lynch doesn't win. Like all the great 
directors don't. I mean, there's some exceptions, like Coppola won, but he didn't win for his greatest film, right? He the didn't conversation. win for conversation, right? right? Yeah. So there's, you know, there's this there's this way in which you're right, like the, like it can't be. There's something about the inability to properly recognize it that if it had gotten properly recognized, mm-hmm. then it wouldn't, it would not, it would not have the sublimity and the right. value even. Mm-hmm. That, like, that that's an interesting thing. The way in which value doesn't correspond, like the the, the real aesthetic value, mm-hmm. cannot correspond to this. Like when we're talking about recognition, I think we're talking about capitalist value, right? Like yeah, mm-hmm. like the Academy Award <clears throat> is the capitalist value, or it is the like the the Academy Award or the money that it makes. Those right. are the capitalist ways of thinking of value, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and the the sublime. The, the 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 value that comes from sublimation, I think it, it's irreducible to that kind of way of valuing. So I, I like your point that if it won, it couldn't, it would lose some right. bit of its of its value. Well, and then that's why that's how you get people approaching it today. There's this um, uh, kind of a I think uh, he's. I don't know how famous he is actually as a as a film critic, but he was one of the first ones to 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 do like blogging criticism online. His name is Mike D'Angelo, and he really famously has a review of Citizen Kane in which he gives it a B plus. And it's like if you're doing if you're doing stuff like that, like for one that like you you are the center of that review. Then I think like right, right. any time that you're like it's just you, perverse. I think. Is, yeah, right. But um, but anyway, but. The reason why I think someone is drawn to to say that is now, you know, you might have someone argue it's like, well, yes, okay, 1941, it didn't win Best Picture, and obviously it should have, but, like, now it's overrated, right? So it's like, I think that is a thing that happens, in, and this is, and this is an aesthetic judgment, where it's like an object can have too much attention, right? So, like, right. Uh, you know, like going to the... Grand Canyon, for example, and then just like shrugging your shoulders, like that kind of gesture of just like not being impressed. It's like, you know, cynicism is the thing I talk about all the time, but it's, but, um, I think that's, that's sort of at work because it's not as, um, it's almost, but this is, this is kind of what I think is that anyone who's doing that, I think they, they kind of unconsciously see the point we're trying to to make, which is that the value in the work, it does not lie in the cultural capital, but in like a, it's subtraction. And so it's like what people are reacting to is like, well, everyone's trying to fill this in. Everyone's trying to, to, to fill up this object and I don't want to take part in that. And so what does it lead to? Well, it leads to this aesthetic response of like not being impressed and, and to cynicism, but it's, yeah, I I think that's really good. I think, or do you think like even that is part of the way in which you're almost assisting in the sublimation of it again? Like, like like you're almost (laughs) trying to give it, like in saying you're not impressed, you're giving people a little more space to really be right. impressed again, like right. to be yeah. to experience the value of it. Because I think you're right. Like th- that relationship between cultural acclaim, because that's what mm-hmm. we're really getting at, right? Like cultural acclaim, which can be money or it can be awards or even just talked about, like cultural yeah. acclaim, and then and then value like aesthetic value, like that relationship is a, that's a fascinating one. And I think the mm-hmm. more like the, it's, I think were you saying that cultural acclaim kind of almost serves to occlude yes. aesthetic value when it becomes too, and, and all encompassing and too, and, and takes over. And so 
mm-hmm. the, a, mm-hmm. a way to kind of, if you cut back on the cultural acclaim, you're almost giving more space for the aesthetic value to, to, to emerge again. Yeah, I think that's true. That's interesting. So like it, it, it's, yeah, that, that, that's a very interesting point because I, I think that like the, the big, you know, again, the a paraphrase and application of, uh, of, of a line from Joan Kopchak about psychoanalysis being a wound to thought that needs yeah. to constantly be reinflicted. Um, if you're going to think through aesthetics through psychoanalysis, what that means is the work of art coming from this sublimated place, the work of art itself is a wound. The work of art itself is a cut. And, and so that is how... Like the, the work of art should always be uh, should should be subtracting, and it's kind of it, it's it's so you have that relationship where you, you what is it you have people who are I, I mean this is like kind of like a, an internet thing like the second that something gets to be enjoyed too much too there's much. a backlash right and right. it's like um, it's almost like this 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 push and pull of of uh, like unconscious appreciation for the uh, the the lack in the object and then a whiplash to preserve that uh, you know like as you're saying like to, to, to give space for it and I think that I don't know it, it maybe all amounts to a kind of like a, like a cynical matrix that just keeps what does it do it just keeps discourse revolving and so we're just Keeps discourse revolving yeah, yeah. like so yeah. i mean this and this is the thing that like i like i like that i despair at is that like quite often in aesthetic evaluation the popular aesthetic evaluation it doesn't really talk about the object it talks about either the conversation around the object right. or um or the like what else it could have done and like so what are what are popular examples of these kinds of statements or gestures well it would be like um, well, I would really like to get into this band, but I just find the fans obnoxious. Right. Uh, so, I, I, you know, that that would be one. And then I think um, a second thing would be sort of like we talked or about. Or like is why that, didn't Wells, when he made Citizen Kane, why did he make a film about, um, you know, like the problem of slavery? Yeah, sure, exactly. He could have done that. Too. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. that's the second thing is that like, well, sure, it, this, you know, X does you know, A and B, but it could easily have done C and wouldn't that have been better? And it's just like, what the fuck are we talking about? You're not talking about anything anymore. Like to give a concrete example, I told you about this, um, before the podcast started, um, and Adam Kotzko, uh, like a, a, a psychoanalytic, um, writer, uh, and, and thinker, he, he has a blog where he sometimes talks about, um, uh, popular culture and he was writing about Watchmen he was writing about the, like, I don't think he calls it the aesthetic evaluation, but just the reviews of the HBO series Watchmen. And a lot of them have, are about, uh, what it, it didn't do, you, you know? And, and, and he, he talks about how he like really doesn't like that in evaluation. And the, there was a LA times review that said it could have talked about climate change and in the world of the show, climate change isn't a problem for reasons I'm not going to get into because it doesn't make sense. But, um, and then the second thing is also in the world of the show, Vietnam war goes differently and it becomes a U.S. state. And so this author was saying like, what about these people's stories? And it's like, what about these people's stories? Why weren't they included? Cause that wasn't the show. It's like, like the show's not making a comment that like, we don't need, like, like there's no value in like, uh, like learning about like Vietnamese people in this like fictional world. Like it's not right. saying that at all. Right. It's also right. like, it's really, really hard to also take the secondary thesis, which is it's like in some way suppressing um, 
the, uh, stories from people of color when like that's actually what the show is about <laughs> the stories right. of people of color so but it, but this this anyway but this is a popular to just move away from that the specificity of that example it's a really popular gesture in aesthetic evaluation is to talk about what something didn't do and when you start doing that and you start questioning characters motives and you start saying like i didn't understand this like you're literally you're just saying you didn't understand it and you didn't get it and you're talking about you're talking about something that didn't happen and and there's no real analysis or appreciation of the object itself it's just like you're just like circling you're just drawing a circle around it like you're just and 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 you're just kind of circling the lack and then you get to fall back on like well i you know i like i was disappointed it wasn't satisfying and that whole act of aesthetic evaluation that whole act of like in inverted commas critique is just trying to fill in an object and make it whole w-h-o-l-e right and that it misses the whole point right. and like and, and and it's and it's a way that like you can you can by being really really close and really scrutinizing an object like all these people that have that subscribe to or do videos on like quote movie logic and how it's a problem. Like this is a way that you can see how by being very, very close to an object, you miss it entirely. You miss it. Totally. That's a really great point. I think, I mean, I really love that idea that by trying to really scrutinize the object, you miss what is the, like what's the essential thing in the sublime, the, the, the sublimation, sublimating act, the creation of a value. Mm -hmm. The essential thing is how, how we the relation structured between some kind of particular, which is the object being depicted in the work of art, right? Right. Or it's a group of particulars, mm -hmm. and then this the whole within the structure, right? Like this the the whole that everything is dealing, and then like so in a way that every work of art is a is depicting that relationship, and so mm -hmm. every work of art, it's it's if you like. The, I think you can almost say that every work of art really is struggling with every, all these other questions. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. when you say that they're missing, what you're, what you're, it's almost the fault of you as a spectator not yeah. seeing the way in which if, if the work of art is genuine and is dealing with this, like maybe all those questions are, I haven't seen Watchmen, so I can't comment yeah, sure. on that, but maybe all those questions are contained within Kane because it's, it's struggling with this, absence within signification right which mm -hmm. which rosebud indicates it's this object right. that can't that is has no signify it has a signifier but then nothing there's no nothing attached to it and then when you find out what it is it's just this worthless object ah uh, so, yes oh well that's really interesting so hold on can you like i mean i think this is this suggests itself maybe somebody yeah, uh yeah. who uh, is like well um what about rosebud as a sublime object or an object of sublimation yeah, but it's not right. It's well, no, no, whole, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, please, like, tease that out because I think that that's. I think that would be. Uh, I don't know. That would be like a like an un, like an application understanding. Of, right. No, uh, I think you're uh, right. Yeah, I think a yeah. lot of people read Citizen Kane and say, the sled is Kane's sublime object, and we've found. But but if you think about it, it's so absurd. Like like. This the sled can't be the secret to the movie. <laughs> like, yeah, it yeah, can't yeah. be. Like the whole point is that everything revolves around this point that that even if you got it it's it has its value only insofar as it's missing mm -hmm, like if mm -hmm, if yeah. Kane, like say susan alexander didn't stop him from going down to the warehouse and finding his sled on that one rainy night like and he really got it 
Would that yeah. be, would he be different? No, he, <laughs> right, he, was, right. he would have this, he'd just have this stupid sled he was carrying around with him. He'd still be the same <laughs> old guy. And he'd be miserable. So yeah. maybe he'd be governor or whatever. But, mm-hmm. but he would, it, it wouldn't change anything because yeah. it's only insofar. And I think that's the greatness of the work of art is it tries to capture the object. Like it, it does, like the, the sublimation of it isn't to make it something present. Mm-hmm. It, subl- it sublimates the object and gives it a value as an absence. So, it, mm-hmm. so it's mm-hmm. almost like we're struggling with this thing that's absent. And so a- every work of art has all these different ways of relating to the absence. And that's we can very see, nice. Yeah. Don't you think? And we can mm-hmm. see. And so I think that I think that's one way that Costco could have responded. He could have said, like, no, no, all that your question really is included. Like it really yeah. is. Like the way that like all those questions. If the work of art is genuine and really wrestling with this relationship between all, this particular, all these particulars, and this, and this thing that can't, this thing that is, is only value as an absence, this mm-hmm. fundamental absence that strike that that affects everyone in the society, like that's what the work of art is about. And so, then yeah, then then but I think you're right. Like we, the, the, like there's two things we do. Either we say, oh, that didn't, that didn't cover my particular way of relating to the absence that right. I'm concerned about. Mm-hmm. Or we say, we cover it up with laud, right? Mm. We say, oh, yeah. it's, so, <laughs> it's so great, like Citizen Kane, it's so great. You know, yeah. Or we, we give it a lot of awards. Like I mm-hmm. kind of feel like, I know you don't agree with me about this film, but I kind of feel like this is what happened with Titanic. Like <laughs> yeah. I think Titanic took, because I think Cameron's point in Titanic was this thing has a value insofar as it's wrecked. Yeah, right? like it's mm-hmm. the, it has this uh, as a wreck. No, you know what? Fi- I, can I make? I just want to. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm more on your. I'm much more on your side than I I was when we met. I'll put it that <laughs> way, because when we met, I was definitely into this. I was definitely into this. Um, I was definitely included in this group that I I like criticize about um, like movie logic and little details and it's like yeah. like do you know how many times the two main characters say each other's names like they don't like like but like and now I'm just like who gives a shit like yeah. like or actually here would be the this would be the better question because a lot of people do is why give a shit and right. it's right. It, it and it's and so I, I came around to your way of viewing movies which I, I like I think it's worth like putting out which is that what is the idea. Like, does the movie have an idea? Is it telling you something new? Because you said this in class. I, I don't know when this. Whenever Jack Reacher came out, you said that you thought it was the best film of the year, and I thought that's ridiculous. I can't believe I think that guy has good taste in movies. And it's it's not like I, I like I was, you know, maybe it's Stockholm syndrome because we talk all the time. Yeah. But I see your <laughs> I see your point now. Is that you know there there that movie does something interesting with the idea of of, of a state state of exception. Yeah. Or, or, you know, yeah. you know, like yeah. it narrativizes two characters occupying states of exception. And Absolutely. maybe yeah. that was the and, and you know what? I, I don't remember other films that came out that year, but maybe none of the more popular movies had an idea that interesting. Right. You know, no, and, and I, I, yeah. Okay. No, I'm no, just no, you, firmly, you <laughs> I'm firmly convinced of that, that yeah. what makes yeah. a film great is does it have this does it have an idea that it's trying to articulate? And 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 to me, an idea means a way of thinking about the relationship between either a particular or series of particular identities and this mm-hmm. fundamental whole within the whole, this absence within the symbolic structure, this absence that we're all dealing with, the absence of a some kind of lost object that can only be 
has a value insofar as it's lost, right? Like that, yeah. to, like to me. And so I think, I, to, just to finish my Titanic point, I was yeah. going to say, like, you laud it with all these awards. Mm-hmm. That's one way also of covering over the potential trauma of the thing, right? Like you, mm-hmm. like we, so there's one, there's two ways. Either we say like, oh, it's nothing, or we give it too many awards, which we're coming, coming back to the point we made earlier, but I think it's just to reiterate it. I think it's, this happens, I think both ways can be, and, and I think the difference is, like, is there an authentic way of relating? And it's to, I think, recognize, try to point out exactly what is that relationship mm. that the work of art is articulating between what is this point of, 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 of that cannot be said, that, the point mm-hmm. that can't be articulated, and then these, the point that it is articulating within and, and is depicting within the society. So I think that's what Kane is doing clearly. Like well, it doesn't has a Titanic? Way- no, no, t- Todd. Titanic does exactly what you said about Kane. Yeah. What if Kane found the sled? The yeah. she rose. She had the the diamond. She had it, right? And she, but it's a bit meaningless. So My, yeah, I love yeah. that, yeah, Ryan. Yeah. I love so much the ending of that film because <laughs> isn't her? Isn't what she's saying is. When she tosses it into the ocean, she says, I understand now. This only had value insofar as it was it was lost, right? It mm-hmm, doesn't have mm-hmm. any value otherwise. Right. And that I think she even, like, I, I kind of read the film as her, that, that throwing the cross, throwing the cross, <laughs> <laughs> uh, throwing the necklace away was this confession that she, I mean, she used, she used, Jack uh, Leonardo DiCaprio as a this this mechanism to give her get herself free like to free yeah. herself from and she even says she takes on his name at which they get when they get rescued mm-hmm. um, to free herself from her family and from the potential marriage and 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 I think that throwing the throwing the necklace away at the end is almost the confession that she never was really equal to that act of throwing the of, of of taking on his name and giving yeah. up her identity like because it's the pretty good Todd because that's what people criticize the film for you know if, like for like smart but but it's it's like your point is that like the film is aware of that critique it's aware because yeah. it, 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 Cameron shows us this very consciously shows us her bringing all these baggages all these bag, baggages <laughs> all these bags onto <laughs> the ship when they're when she's coming as an old woman so it's clear that she's accumulated too much Right, and that she's betrayed the mm-hmm. fundamental thing. This 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 touch that she had, this this being in touch with with a form of loss, which she got through her relationship with Jack, and that that she was trying to when she rejected his name. Sorry, she rejected the name of her family yeah. and took his name. What she was she was accepting that loss that she was in touch with, and then she betrays it only to recover it at the very end when she yeah. throws the necklace away and that is a lot more interesting than complaining about if there was enough room on, on the, the board. Oh on the God. board at the end oh or that the oh two characters God. call each other this their names like uh, like a hundred times yeah, in the movie. yeah the board uh, thing is really uh, is, is, is unacceptable <laughs> unacceptable it's just it shouldn't you shouldn't be allowed to have that debate i mean like i don't you find that like all and i think this is what you're getting at earlier with these aesthetic quibbles about a about mm-hmm. a show like all of those are ways of like not just accepting what the film is giving us right. and trying to trying to find a way to avoid the fundamental confrontation that the yes. film is asking us to have. 
Yes, one that is a hundred percent my point. Yeah, that it is. It is a way of it is a way of rejecting the wound of art. Like it, it is. It is a way of rejecting the you know the 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 cut the subtraction. You know, like like of of the thing that you're seeing. And it's just like, well, what if it did another thing? And it's like, yeah, it'd have been a different movie then. Like, it's a nice point. Like right. like you you know. Uh, um. So that's yeah. And I, I find it so frustrating. And it and it's not. It, it, it's a way of not engaging with something. And it's also, um, it's a lot of, you know, there's this like, uh, there's this like classic, the split where, um, you like when you, when you're trying to move, uh, students from like, like first year, like, like writers, like, and, 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 and thinkers to like, you know, what's like, what's college level thinking. And one of the ways of articulating this is like, it's the movement of is to does. And it's yeah. like, it's like, so what, what is this? It's like, oh, well, this is an example of blank. This is an example of this. This is like, no, 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 okay, whatever. What does it do? Okay, it so do? it's like, yeah, you know, like so, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's, it's like the, so the, so Titanic, okay, it's like, well, this is stupid because of blank. It's like, okay, well, what is the film doing? And that's like everything that you just said. Like, it's making this argument about how, uh, you know, a woman who used a, a rich woman who used a poor person to like leave from like like move her from like uh, like the malaise of like bourgeois life um, and being really changed from that experience, actually realizing that she was not equal to it. And she right. had to find a way to co- go back to that like originary, like kind of like radical moment. That's what the film does. Okay. Right. And and and, right. and awards are about is. You know what I mean? And acclaim is about is and right. overrated or underrated is about is. It's not about does. And so and it's and it's about all of that are, are ways of obviating the the confrontation of the art object. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Like I think and it, I just think psychoanalysis in, in this way is so is so helpful because it it the way it so clearly delineate. I mean, like there's another way you could think of it also. Like, I was going to say I'll finish my thought. The way it so clearly delineates between the whole in the symbolic structure and all the accolades that come with the symbolic mm-hmm. structure, right? Mm-hmm. Like I was think I was going to put it in terms of Lacan symbolic and real, right? Like the yeah, the like you could almost say that the 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 work of art is an imaginary structure mm-hmm. that allows us to, to that gives us passage to the real. Mm. And that we put all this symbolic structure around it in order to avoid that connect that that access way that it gives us. You know? mm, that's nice. Yeah, I don't know. That, but anyway, so so I think yeah. So anyway, so we're, 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 we've we've talked about the way the sublimation is necessary as a psycho it's a clear psychoanalytic way of thinking about how value gets or how the work of art gets formed and art and aesthetic mm-hmm. art objects get created. And then so like secondly about how sublimation is the source of value, how it is the thing that we, that we that creates a value in contrast to the values of capitalist society or of, right. of even of any kind of ex- a societal exchange, right? Like the, mm-hmm. isn't that the whole point that the, 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 the value that's created through sublimation can't be reduced to any exchange at all. Not even just not just capitalist exchange, but even what I would this like like a exchange of presents or gifts that I might make with you. Mm, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think that's a great point. And it's like, I mean, that's the you can't accumulate. You cannot accumulate subtraction. You know, right? right like right, you, right, right. so so um, because. I mean, as we talked about in different episodes, like because the like the capitalist do- uh, logic is so dominant and so like. 
uh, psychically alluring, you know, like, like it, it, it does op, uh, operate in that way that like, oh, well, if it just if it just did this one thing, it would be perfect. Right. You know, like that's it's just it's right. so natural to to go to that. It's like, oh, I didn't do that thing. And then now you're not accepting the thing as it is. And now you're not thinking about like, you know, right. the constitutive confrontation of contradiction within the thing. And you're, you're just trying to you're turning it into a commodity that uh, that adds up. And then that gets put into this, I don't know, social media matrix. Right. Of where, um, you know, continually being like unimpressed or like very impressed in a certain way, like actually does ha- end up having like a literal capitalist value right, for people, right? right? Like right, social media right, influencers right. or people who are, you know, um, or, you know, even, even like it, it makes sense, freelance writers, or whatever, you know, trying to, trying right. to be like properly compensated for the work that they're doing, you know, just, right. so like it, it all gets put into that. And then like we, we sort of miss this like, uh, this edge to the work of art that, that is, that actually cuts against an accumulative structure. Right, right. Yeah. So, so I think could we say that like what is could we think about a canon of of great works of art? Like so, so the mm. the the in terms of psychoanalysis, so the, oh, so the a psychoanalytic canon. That's pretty. The funny. psychoanalytic canon, right? That, mm-hmm. that, that, that because they would be the ones. I mean, we don't have to. We can identify a few, but not maybe not all of them. Obviously, not all of them. But, my, well, but, my t- I think I, I think it suggests itself is that like what what are the what are the works of art that that um, induce the most amount of psychic trauma. Right. And I think you're right. talking about Sopranos, the end of Sopranos. I, a lot oh, of for me, a lot of them, a lot of them are gonna um, head toward like serial endings because I just think yeah. like people fundamentally d- don't know how to handle a serial. I mean, Freud wrote about this. The studies right. in hysteria, like the end is just traumatic, just because it's the end for no other reason. It doesn't matter what happened or what was there. It's just when something is the end and it's over. You know, like. People on on I I'm gonna just only do like 15 seconds on Star Wars because like I've never gotten an email from a listener that was like I really like it when you talk about Star Wars so I just okay. assume that it's not really within the the yeah. purview of the interest areas of the people listening to the show but like there's a lot of online conversation about like how like lauded Infinity War Endgame is and like how like the Rise of Skywalker is just like it's much worse and it's from the same studio how could they not get it right well you know what the thing that you actually don't have to deal with with Avengers there's gonna be more fucking movies like there's gonna be like a million more it's actually not an end it's an end for one character and you know what it's like he's the only human character the only one as as we like to say the only like these movies that are invincible people trying to kill each other the only one who literally wasn't that's the guy who dies he dies and yeah. you know and there's an idea there where you could like like the person who is not is the only one who could do it you know like there's maybe something nice to be said there but like but there there's there's like been 38 of those or I don't know how many of them there's been a bunch and with star wars that's just the end and if that was there were no more Avengers movies, it would like the the reaction would have changed completely because just because was the, was the end, like regardless of what the co- the content was, just when something ends, it, it it induces some kind of psychic trauma. So I would put in the in the pantheon of of uh, of, of psychoanalytic art, uh, you, you put you put anything Battlestar Galactica, right? You know, lost anything that induces uh, an ending with with sort of psychic trauma or, or in, in some kind of confrontation. Um, yeah, but doesn't every work there. of art have an end? No, but it's different when it's self-contained. I, I think, like this is you okay, know, like like, like Poe and you know the philosophy of composition. Like yeah. like the when when it's a, a self-contained and singular uh, piece, it's very it's um, 
it's very I think it's 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 very different. Like there is um you know, like you know, like part of the reason why is like knives out. Like if I've seen it now from the last time we did, like why is that so good? Like there's not gonna be another one. There's not gonna be a knives out too. Uh, it's right, it's like couldn't be. yeah, right, yeah. Right, and right. if there was, you'd be like, why? Why would you do that? That would just yeah, be your first, yeah. your first right. thing. And then yeah. and you'd go into the movie being like, what? Like the movie what, has what, to what constantly justify that there needed to be a two. Right, you know, right, like right, yeah. Right, so right. anyway, yeah. So okay. So so, but I think isn't the so your point is. These these haltings, when we're when we're have constantly been expecting more, yeah. That there's something inherently that there's something that that's a wound. That's a great. Yeah. That's a traumatic point in that. But mm-hmm. I think like to like I would put like let's just think of a novel. Say like let's okay, think sure. of Moby Dick. Okay. Like what mm-hmm. like what is the like is Moby Dick? Does it have the status of a of a of a of a great work of art psychoanalytically, I think. Ah, I, interesting point. I gotcha. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it does. Like, I think it does because what is it? It's, the, its whole fundamental point is it's taking like it this whole quest that Ahab goes on. Mm-hmm. It, it's trying to show, and I think what it what it's saying is this is the this is the it's he's trying to Melville's trying to embody the grandeur of all great quests in this right mm-hmm. and he's trying to show like ultimately it can never do anything but fail yeah right like that's mm-hmm. the whole mm-hmm. point like he like even if ahab succeeded there would there he wouldn't even know what success was. what would, what would he whole, do with it yeah. yeah what would he do so the only thing he can the, the like the failure is written into it and i think that mm-hmm. like in some way the great works of art are about that they, they take what they take away from us is this possibility of success, and yet they don't allow us to stop driving, right? Like they mm-hmm. don't allow us to stop. <laughs> I was thinking of Gatsby because the accident is really when he's driving. Like, yeah, that's but, funny. <laughs> but Gatsby is the same thing, right? Like, like if he actually attained, is like if the accident didn't happen with Myrtle Wilson, and he attained, he got, and let's say Daisy decided to stay with him, which it's clear she probably wouldn't. Um, mm-hmm. Like it still would be a total, like there would be a failure. So that the, the I think the great work shows this the, the way in which the failure is written in. Like it writes the failure in as necessity, right? Like mm-hmm. it shows the necessity of the failure, and then and then it, it takes away from us the dream of success. So I think there's a way in which the great work of art, psychoanalytically understood, mm-hmm. is inherently anti-capitalist because yeah. it does not allow us to believe in the promise of accumulation, like its mm-hmm. whole point and success, right? Like its whole point is you have to keep going, mm-hmm. but, but you're, you're, the th- even if you win, even if you get it, it's mm-hmm. just, what you're getting is just nothing. It's like it's zero. Like you're not so going to get that. Yeah. I'm going to, I want to give a, a sort of challenging example of this. Okay. Oh, great. This is how, what you just said. That's how I tend to read zero dark 30, which has a whole bunch of problems because. Oh my God. Know. Okay. Yeah. Good. <laughs> okay. Good. So just like a couple things, um, yeah. that you probably, you probably know this. I don't, I don't know if listeners do, but when you, when in America, when you make a movie about the U S military, it actually has to get cleared through the Pentagon. This isn't like a conspiracy theory. This is like, no, it's true. It's a fact. It's just, it's a, it's a fact they get final. Like, so they will right. give you like Humvees, like, you know, equipment, like, you know, advice, they'll, they'll, they'll give this to your, to your, the production of your movie, but they get final, uh, cut basically on the script. 
Okay. Well, they don't come on a hook. They get say. They get a say. They get say in it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. So there we go. Yeah. Um, I mean, they don't. They don't send the final cut over and say. No. No. Make no. Any no. Changes. Yeah. 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 Right. I, I didn't mean to make it say like. I meant just strictly about the script. Like they look yeah. over the script. It's like the um like the censor in um uh, production code the Hollywood right, right. right absolutely okay and so that movie has this r- gross thing about like actionable intelligence being achieved through uh torture which have never happened. Complete that, that, ideology. That, that is total, yeah, an ideological right. fantasy. Right. Um, and, but at the end of the movie, I think, that tends to be how I read it, is that, um, I, I forget the name of um, Jessica Chastain's character, but she identifies uh, Osama bin Laden's body. Yeah. And this is this moment at the end, and I, and I think the way that uh, Bigelow shoots this scene emphasizes the point that I'm going that, that I'm about to make which is like she did everything for the body of this guy and it's over and what do you do next yeah and it, and 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 I think that there is something that that movie gets at with like the fundamental hollowness of that kind of pursuit and it's I think it, that's not, just not the way people read it because of all of this military influence that literally goes into the production of it and because yeah. of the ideological, the, I don't know, just just because, like, how that movie enters ideology. But I think yeah, that, that I, tends I to be how point. that tends to be how I, I read the end of the end of that film. Yeah, that's pretty good. You know, Rick Boothby, when he first saw it, had exactly your reading of it. Exactly okay. yours. I mean, he, but he stole it from you, clearly. Um, <laughs> I don't think but, so. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, uh, but now he's, because of the way in which he's revised his view of it because it's so, the, the ideological distortion about the, the torture. The torture, yeah. It's hard. It's him very, to such an extent. Very hard to get past but that, yeah. I wonder, like, can we, here's the question, like, can we, I think you're, I think that that idea of the ending is beautiful and, and that would be a great film. But isn't, isn't the way in which, See if you follow me on this, and maybe you'll sure. just reject my thinking. Okay. But isn't the way in which it distorts the role of the torture plays? Isn't mm-hmm. that doesn't that betray the ending and suggest yeah. that that really isn't what's at work in the ending? No, because, I, I, yeah, I, I concede the point. Yeah, yeah. Keep, because keep going, isn't there yeah. the dream of like in in the in pursuing in using the torture? Mm-hmm. There's buying into the dream of success. Yeah, yeah. Right, like that's, and so, so that even though it, we have this ending that seems to be gesturing toward a kind of failure in the success, mm-hmm. but I think more it's like, and more of what she's saying is, I didn't. It's like we didn't do enough. Like we could have, yeah. You know, like, and I think there, that that there's the two opposite ways of reading that. Like she sees his body and she's like, oh we have to do more even now, or she's thinking about all the people that died and like, I didn't do enough yet on time or, you know, mm. like, like mm. I think there's two different ways of reading it. And I think you yeah. have to think about, like, I think it's, I guess I like your idea a lot and I wish that I viewed the film that way, but I do <laughs> yeah. think you have to think about the film as a whole, like how the, mm-hmm. how the end relates to those scenes of torture. Right? Certainly. Yeah. And I think it's hard to, I, I mean, I offered that up as a reading, I, like yeah. a, a, a psychoanalytic reading of the ending. And I think it's hard to, it's not really tenable when you also come, uh, like you pair it with the Hurt Locker, which I think also has an end that you could say like, oh, this is ironic 
this guy who's really good at defusing bombs is walking off to go do it as this like heavy metal, like, um, you know, like, like military, like, like us army ad music plays in the background. And so you could have that, that take on the hurt locker. And, but then zero dark 30 comes out and it's like, yeah, there's a lot of like, like military propaganda also in this. So like it, it like it hurts the ability to, uh, to, yeah, to, but maybe, to, maybe yeah. you're right. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's not a, I don't think there's one final answer for that because it I think seems to me that Bigelow, this is, this is what I think about, about her, yeah. her, I, I think she, she wants w- to have it both ways. I do. Yeah. Because I think that she wants to, and I mean, we talked about this in Christmas episode, right? Like you, you, you can't have an anti-war film. Like, it's, I mean, that's, that's not my, that's Godard, right? I think he's, or Truffaut says that there's no, I thought it was no, Sheila Kunkel who said that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. No, um, the, yeah. So, but I, I think that, Within the like within the post nine eleven like production of films like I think Bigelow's trying to like kind of maybe smuggle these ideas in but like there's far too much then don't make then don't make a movie with the military like saying it's okay then you know what I mean like you can kind of say that like yeah yeah, if if that's if that is the point so anyway I put my hand up on on that like I I think it's like so you could you could see that but yeah you you do have to. is another part of our, uh, aesthetic uh, evaluation is like how how is is the part reflective of the whole and if there's right like a well that's I think that's the thing Ryan I think you're, yeah. you're getting at it right like like to what extent can you does that does can the one part with like and I think it's a question of degree like does it does it show this relationship to what's lacking or what's missing in this whole within the structure like, does it show it so powerfully. Mm-hmm. That it obviates these other kinds of capitulations that went on beforehand, right? Mm-hmm. Like that. I think there are films that do that, right? Where you're like, oh my god, like, like Titanic. There are all these bad things about it. Like there are all these, like you know, it, it's the, the amount of money made for the ship and all the you know mm-hmm. the invest in it, the investment and in all the phallic things about the ship. But then there, to me, there are these other things that that weigh enough to to counteract that. Yeah. No. It's yeah. It's like yeah. That's interesting. And I think that that's. I think your reading of Titanic is much more consistent with what that film is than what a reading of Zero Dark Thirty just looking at the ending would be consistent with the rest of the movie. So I think that's a nice like thing we were able to do. Um, yeah, I have two. Yeah. I have two questions for you though. Yeah, good. Fire away. Okay. Um, so um, Hegel, you probably know this. Uh, had a lectures on aesthetics, but I don't want to talk about that. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what I want to talk about is um, something that he writes in the phenomenology about okay. tr- truth being uh, when, w- w- what is it about truth being written down that like, like uh, a, truth- a truth can be, can lose nothing by being written down. Okay. So in this uh, theory of aesthetics that we're trying to, to proffer, what is the status of that statement? That's the first question. Okay. And then the second, well, you know what? Let's just stay with this. My second one is about how does um, Benjamin on Aura fill in, uh, come, come into this? Yeah, that's a good question. Okay, so but I want to start, with, start with the Hegel one. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I think, so his point is you can, he's not talking about aesthetics, right? Like that's another thing. Right. No, 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 he's talking about, about the way universals function and, and the way that um, we transmit things. And I think... Well, I guess his. I think it kind of fits with what we're saying about aesthetics yeah. because his point would be that that you can't that what you're 
that you, the affect that you experience in the work when you, with the work of art can't mm-hmm. be like that can't be universalized right? mm-hmm. like that, that or if it I guess it, it, that it can't lose you can't say like oh I had this immediate experience of the work of art and I don't right. want to talk about it right because I will lose it mm-hmm. and I think Hegel's point is that you can always that our way of relating to the work of art even if it's through the form of an affect through a sensation you know through a feeling mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it still can be it, it's like even that can be communicated even if it's what resists communication you know like, right. like right. you can right. yeah, yeah. You, you can talk about how the work of art rendered me you know made this kind of feeling that i can't talk that i can't exactly get at but mm-hmm. through my mm-hmm. failure to get at it i will get at it for you uh, yes. so there's yeah. not cuz i think there's not i think there's the mistake is to say oh there's this one like i had this immediate authentic sensation and with the work of art and any attempt to universalize and to talk about like to make a canon about works of art or to mm-hmm. to think about uh, aesthetics as a in any kind of universal terms would be to violate that you know the the purity of my initial sensory or feeling aesthetic experience and I think mm. I think I think that's what Hegel is is saying. You know, not, by by writing it down, by communicating it, by by trying to to make it symbolic, trying to give it a symbolic sense. You are not. I think this is the key. You're not violating that that aesthetic thing that's not reducible to signification. Mm-hmm. You're not violating it. That's the only way to actually sustain it. That's pretty good. I think that on the other end of the on the on the audience like, you know, on the, um, the reception side yeah. of things is that, um, the, the whole idea is like, well, there could have been a perfect version of this story, this idea, this, like whatever. And it would have been perfect if it did those things. And it's like, again, you're not talking about something that actually happened at this point. And it, it's also pretty easy to imagine that like, even if it did like, like, if, if the if the idea is that, and I mean, I think this this is kind of what I'm like w- was getting at is that like art objects get at truth, and yeah. that if it's it's truth is resistant to being written down, then like that that's what makes truth so hard to to categorize and to and to talk about, and so like then if that if this is what if this is what art objects are doing, then like you 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 miss you miss the truth of it by saying that like, like it could have been, it could have been better or, right. you know, right. Like, like good idea, bad execution. It's like, well, you're not even talking about the idea. You, you know, that's like a classic thing. Like, like just, it's, it's a way of, uh, you know, we said it earlier, but it's a way of sort of like, um, missing the truth value or only saying that like, well, it, I had to be, you know, like you have to, you have to be this tall to go on this ride. I have to be this satisfied to even think about the truth value right. of this artwork. Right. Right. And, and, and that, that's like a, again, it's a, it's a way of, um, of, of, of missing the, the art object. Right. Because the art object to continue what we were talking about earlier, doesn't yeah. give me something, but takes mm-hmm. away something. Yes. From like, I think right. that's the thing. That's, that's the why. Premise. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's that a, is a, a really that's nice. The, I think that's the absolute psychoanalytic premise that you look for the great work of art by looking at those works of art that 
like how, you look at how they take away something from us. Like they mm-hmm. take away rather than making us feel good, like we belong. And I think even is it true about mm-hmm. the ending? I was thinking immediately of it's a wonderful life. Like, are we going to uh-huh. say that sucks? Because it does <laughs> give you something, right? It does sure. make you feel good at the end, mm-hmm. but it makes you feel good by taking something away. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like it, it is a fundamental, like there's something in, like it's a very, it's a good ending, but it's also a, I mean, it's a happy ending, I guess, but it's also, mm-hmm. there's something very traumatic about that ending that, that like they're all, they're all giving him money, mm-hmm. but his, he, he still, his, he still hasn't ever, like he has to come to terms with the fact he's never going to leave. Bedford Falls. Yeah. I was going to say Pottersville. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. Gonna, <laughs> he was never going to leave Bedford Falls, right? Like he, mm-hmm. he, he's like that, that it's taking that away from him. And, and I think, that when you're a spectator, that's the thing that you're confronted with. You're just mm-hmm. so I think that the great film or the great work of art, whatever it is, has mm-hmm. to have that its fundamental gesture, even if it has a happy thing attached to it, is this taking away, this taking away, and there and, and that comes in var- a variety of packages. But I think mm-hmm. that has to be it. Do you know? Do you know that this painting by Turner, uh, the slave ship, it's super famous? I do know that. I just I've seen it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's at the MFA. I think. Um, yeah in Boston, uh, again, another Boston yeah. museum reference, yeah. uh, did not think that was going to happen in this podcast. But, um, the famous story about that is, I don't know who uh, bought it or, or owned it and they had it in their study and they got rid of it because they noticed in the painting, there are these two dark eyes and what looks like a nose. There's a face in the painting and, and this, person who owned it this this is the story at least i don't know if it's you know if it's if it's legend and myth or whatever but i had to get rid of it because they could not stop seeing the the face what they thought they had was a nice uh i don't know painting of of maritime life it's it's a roaring seas and people are are, you know being thrown off a boat it is called the slave ship that's kind of important but this like this this so this person like eventually had this confrontation with this like this darkness this this right. this face in the in the um in the painting and then and, and got rid of it and I I, I think we so, could go down the yeah, list with good. every great like Hans Holbein like this is Lacan's favorite example yeah, from right. Seminar Eleven Hans mm-hmm. Holbein's The Ambassadors like on the other one hand they like you could see this nice picture of these two guys who've accumulated a bunch of stuff when they're worldly travels then you know the picture the thing right in the bottom is just the skull that reminds us that yeah. all our accumulations for nothing right like that yep. I think in a way. Every work of any of every great work of art has that little skull mm. in it, and and that that the greatness of the aesthetic is to how how the the point of aesthetics is to create a value that allows us to look at that to confront that skull in a different way. I think mm. that's the, the 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 great works of art. I think do that. Lost in translation, the not the was Jesus and Mary oh. Chain plays, and the two characters come together, and you don't know what. It's What's amazing. been said between them? Yeah, it's so yeah. amazing that the end of yeah. that, like, and, yeah. and that to your point about how people, like, yeah, I, I knew these people that were just desperate to find out what <laughs> Bill Murray actually said to yeah. Scarlett Johansson at the end. And I'm like, don't you know that he's what he's saying is nothing? Like, yeah. that's the whole point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's nothing there. And it's it's, it's one of the I I had great hopes for Sophia Coppola after that. She made Virgin Suicides. She made that mm-hmm. film, and I thought, wow, she's going to be like this. But that. I think that was the peak, unfortunately. 
Mm. Well, we uh, we'll, we'll see. She's at least never done a jack like her father. So she is not. She has a yeah. long right. She's a long <laughs> life ahead of her. She's not yeah. with me. So we'll see. We'll um, see. Uh, so I have a. So this is my second question. Second question. Yeah. Uh, is on uh, Benjamin and Aura. So okay. So let's. I'm just going to put this formulation out here. So okay. the uh, what, what the work of art attempts to to create is a like a like a form around. We've been saying uh, like we've been talking about the sublimation and the. And uh, das, das Ding, but we've also been talking about this like fundamental cut and the limit, which you know harkens back to the previous episode on Abjaya. So right. to recast, work of art attempts to to create a form around Abjaya. Okay, right. that becomes uh, and that becomes evident through like a, a point of articulation, which I'm going to leave it like that. So how is that? In this formulation, okay, not yeah. how is that not aura? Okay, what's the di- what, like like where is like could you not in our conversation just put Benjamin on aura and 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 flip it for uh, just just swap it straight out for dusting or object? What are the differences between these ideas? I think it's important to because I think Benjamin's idea is is a lot more popularly known um, yeah. than to think about. But every work of art creates an aura. Yeah, right. Which is like which he's you critical know, of. Right, he's critical of the yes. Yeah. yes, yeah, yeah, right, right. And and this, so this is the, um, I, I think, like an interpretive matrix that a lot of people come to, like for aesthetic evaluation. And so like these ideas of like, you know, raising an object to the dignity of dasting or like the work of art is like, uh, you know, it, it is formed around a, a, like a cut. Like, is, yeah, aren't is, you just creating, aren't you just saying that works of art create an aura? Yes, okay, so how That's are we not saying. saying that? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I think what I would say is that the the aura, I guess to me, the aura is a response. Mm-hmm. To, like, no, of course, of course, right? That the the raising the object of, to, to the dignity of dusting or or circling around the object, either one way you want to think of it, that mm-hmm. does create this. It does create a a, a, a value of the thing. But then mm-hmm. the the aura is the translation of that value into something that has cultural worth. Like right. I think aura. I mean, the definition of aura, it seems like to me, is mm-hmm. is it something of cultural value? Like that's why that that so when because when we buy a painting that has an aura, we're we're buying the aura. Mm-hmm. Whereas I th- I think the point that we're getting at mm-hmm. is this thing that it, it can't be bought because it's right. the thing that actually, like your example of the slam ship, when you buy it, it it bites you back yeah, and you, yeah, you don't yeah. want it. Right. right. So I think and I think you know buying artworks is an attempt to. You know, I think there's all these ways we try to keep that 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 cut of the work of art at bay, the wound mm-hmm. of the work of art at bay, and one of them is buying them, but even that fails. And but another one, I think, is I was going to say one way is like we we obsessively read a lot of books and don't allow us so, ourselves to really get into the one. But mm-hmm. now I think it's just we don't read books at all. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I think that's just what it is. It's like people just avoid them because, you know, like the. When you're watching a bunch of YouTube clips, you're avo- you're never. I think you know what you're avoiding is this thing that you like to talk about: this moment of the cut or the rupture. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the like the the YouTube clip because they're all clipped. Mm-hmm. There's no point that then quilts it that the, to reference the, the the idea we've talked about before. The, there's no quilting point that then forces the confrontation with the lack or with the 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 objet are with whatever can't with the, with, with the, the absence that we're trying to confront. Like there's never, mm-hmm. we're never brought to that point because mm-hmm. 
we can always just go on to the next one. Like right. we're just we're constantly, we're just, we're, we're just moving on to the next one. Yeah. I mean, this is the function of the, um, skip intro button for Netflix, yeah. you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. And so, okay. So what, so here's the, like in a sentence, right? Like the, like the aura smooths over the cut. Yes. And, and that, so like the difference between the ideas is that like, like, um, to focus on the, to focus on the cut, to focus on object, ah, like that is actually like radically like to, to, to go, I don't, I don't want to say like go through the aura, but like to try to bring, to try to bring that, uh, the, the challenge and the confrontation of the art back into discourse instead of to just, um, like either provide a meta commentary upon people reacting to its aura, uh, but to, to actually view the work of art in its like, I don't know. It's negativity, right? It's like it's like right. it's like productive kind of negativity. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it's, yeah, I think that's right. To see the way in which it's like I think this notion of of addition versus subtraction, right? Like mm-hmm. the aura mm-hmm. is a way to to build up the value, yeah. and and the the subtraction is the way in which the work of art itself is something that takes away from us, and, mm. and I think that's the. I mean, I, but I think you're right. Like aura forms in relationship to, to the cut and the subtraction. And it tries, it's an attempt to, I like, I like this idea of smoothing it over and making Mm -hmm. it, making the disruption not so evident so that, so that we can then walk by all the works of art in the museum or that we can hit the skip intro button or that we can, you know, that where we can collect, I mean, collection functions a lot like this all the time, right? We could like a way to avoid, you know, confronting, the trauma of watching, you know, whatever Stanley Kubrick movies is to collect all the Stanley Kubrick movies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's an interesting way that like collection itself is a way of symbolizing and, and, and taking out of the register of the, of what, of the way art wounds you. Like the collecting Mm -hmm. art is a way of, of, of getting, keeping a distance from what art does. Mm. And, you know, another twist on this, and I'd like probably don't have time to, to get into this. We could save it for another um, episode on, um, uh, for, I don't know, maybe the the, um, the big other uh, perhaps. But like you see this, as I said earlier, you see this the most in, in the endings of like a serial narrative. But I mean, you also like, oh, you know, Lost in Translation too, uh, like as well, or, or like, I don't know, Inception or, or something like this. And like for me, like all this stuff does come up at the end is the criticism people want like a better master and it, it, it like it, it kind of seems to me in these it's like well if they had just done this and this and this it would have been perfect and it's like why do you want that like you don't you know you know it, it, it's actually like it's actually ceding the territory of uh, of of interpretation and, and criticism and you you want to give to the like creator something that like is beyond reproach so you don't have to think about it or or ever or, or evaluate it or, or right, be exactly, confronted exactly. by the lack yeah and i think that that's like um i mean that's a you know ideological sore spot i think yeah i think that's really good that the, the point is that it that the whole that every great work of art leaves a space for interpretation right like yeah. that's the greatness of the work of art is that and i think to lament that 
mm-hmm. is to say, I don't want to engage in the work of interpretation. This is the mm-hmm. way to say, I wish this, that like, I almost think anytime you're saying like, it could have done this better. It could have done that better. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, it's a categorical refusal of that act of interpretation yeah. that tries to see, to tries to understand what it actually did do. I like, I like the way you're, you, that's a thing you constantly emphasize is like, not what, not what it, it could have done, but what it did mm-hmm. do. And I think yeah. that's the, that's when you're talking about that, you're engaged in the act of interpretation. And I think we do it or we should do it all the time. Like we should do it when we're reading novels, we do it watching television shows when we're doing, we should do it when we're watching the movies, right? Any time that we're engaged with an aesthetic object, mm-hmm. we should be engaged in that act of interpretation. That's trying to make the connection between what the, the, between the particular trauma that the work of art is depicting or the particular cut that the work of art is depicting and this larger societal thing that can't be spoken, the, this, 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 this gulf within the society, this, tr- this hole within the social order, like that, th- how it makes that relation articulatable, that's what mm-hmm. we're, t- that's the task of interpretation, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, and, and what its aesthetic judgment tries to do is to fill in that lack and make the object whole. And that is against uh, like an interpretation and in, in, in the way that we're formulating it. So I guess aesthetic judgment in what sense, what do you mean? Oh, like, um, like saying this is no uh, good. I should have said it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I should have said aesthetic evaluation. How's that? Yeah. But don't you think evaluation, I, I don't, I don't want to do, go on too long, but don't, okay. <laughs> don't you think evaluation, aesthetic evaluation is important? Like, can't, don't you think we can say like mm-hmm. certain works of art take up, like they just do a better job of taking up that that cut of yeah, the relationship yeah, yeah. than others sure. do. Sure, like I, I think, think there's a way at in that which level. We can... Definitely not not like I guess uh, my my um, my resistance is just like any kind of shorthand for making piles. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I, because yeah. I think it, I think it just I just think it should be harder. Um, like again, like on a on a first like sort of reactionary like approach, like uh, Jack Reacher, nothing action movie. And it's like, well, there's an idea here. Um, like I no, think it's right. your, is, right. is your point. But, but, but yeah. I, I was, I'm perfectly willing to, to have it, have it out about evaluating that movie. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, 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 you yeah, know yeah. what I'm saying? Like I, mm-hmm. I feel like that, that you, I guess for me, I would say you can't separate evaluation from interpretation. Like to, mm. to, to interpret it is to say like, Oh, this gives us a kind of articulation of this point of of of, of what this this point that can't be articulated that it's trying mm-hmm. to get to and and it's trying to f- formulate that relationship and it does it better than all these mm-hmm. other films or whatever okay maybe this is this is a uh, i i started with um the word uh, judgment and now we're on to evaluation and this okay. might be pedantry but i just i think if what we're um what we're trying to argue with or argue about is the like this like anti-capital thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Then I, I think like having a word that has value in it is tricky. So like um, there's just has the word value in it. So and you'll I, accept judgment, but you won't accept evaluation. I think. Hmm, yeah, I guess so. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I we think can, I'll we accept, can leave it at that. I think leave that's it at pretty that? good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think the lesson is clear, though. Uh, <laughs> watch Jack Reacher. <laughs> yeah, that is a lesson. Definitely. Okay. Okay. All right. Over and out, Ryan. Over and out, Todd. <laughs>